Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It's the year with the dragons, so we back up in here. Spit fire from the back of the ears. Coming straight from the belly of the beast that's in the back of your ear. Whispering scoop that's got you clapping your ear. This panic of fear is damaging. Radical stages of behavior that's got you on a scat eating. Looking for the big fat eating. You might find happiness. If you can make it through the sickness, the unhappy does get good for visionary. Not a vegetarian, but meeting me is living weary. These kids about to run a riot, flip cars, flip bars, hit glass, and silence. We don't need a reason, I'ma start this riot, this riot, this riot. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Suplex Retweet Extra. My name is David Hockney, and today we're going to be discussing. Worlds Collide 2020. So this is basically the, the night of the year where NXT goes head to head with NXT UK in in the sort of preview of the Royal Rumble weekend. So and we, our, me and our panel are going to be discussing the matches ahead and what can we expect from this uh, this clash of brands. Uh, but if you want to catch our main show, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, you can find it on all good podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and all good Android podcasting sites. We're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And be sure to join our community page on Facebook as well, where you can get involved with the discussion. And don't forget to visit suplexretweet.com for all the interviews, articles, and everything else in between regarding the podcast. So, now that, that the housekeeping's been taken care of, let's meet our panel. Up first, uh, he is, uh, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, the nine-time ESSR champion who finally got his revenge in the Royal Rumble quiz. But even still, I am going to torture him with the number 44. It is Scott McLeod. Try it all you want, Dave. You can't hurt me now. I've had my redemption. You may bask in the glory of my history-making ninth reign. Oh, please don't mention Keith Lee's catchphrase after what I've just witnessed on NXT this week as well. I thought it was the greatest episode of NXT they've ever done, personally. But... Oh, the prophecy's broken. <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about NXT today. We'll save that for the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, up next is a guy who's basically got the whole ESSR world in his hands because it is his podcast, after all. It is Stephen Wilson. Dave, to correct you on your previous point, we are talking about NXT because this is NXT <laughs> versus NXT UK. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. But we're talking about this event in particular. Don't be putting words in my mouth. Yet. Ah, I love being pedantic. Dave, it's good to be here. <laughs> And finally, we have a man who Gary once called his White Viscera, uh, but we'll just call him the Scottish Big Dog. It is Alan McLucas. He can't use Ross's opening on the same week. What are you on that? I don't know. I was on this show's, the this this week's show and I actually thought it was pretty funny. So, Recycled Patter, that's my thing for 2020. Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave. <laughs> now, all of us here are are fans of NXT and NXT UK and it's good we've actually got Alan here who's actually been to NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool just a few weeks ago so it'll be good to get a variety of perspectives here as we talk about Worlds Collide 2020 so are you guys ready to, to discuss the event? Go for it. <laughs> Alright we're gonna kick things off with the pre-show and it is going to be the NXT UK Women's Champion, the scary Queen of Scots herself, Kaylee Ray, going up against Mia Yim. Now, this rivalry sort of stemmed about all the way back in November when Kaylee Ray pushed Mia Yim from the top of a ladder during the War Games Advantage match. And now we finally get to see them go one on one. Now, Stevie, Kaylee Ray's really been made waves in NXT Full Sail. And do you think it's good that she's getting rather sort of uh, f frequent visits to Full Sail now? Well, yeah, I mean, she has been dubbed the Scottish Sabu. So <laughs> she, that's, that's, that's something... That's again, that did that, didn't Yeah, that's some boots to fill with. But no, from a Scottish perspective, it is definitely good to see uh, Kayleigh being more featured uh, prominently on the main NXT. It does show that is, they have some faith in her uh, out with the NXT UK uh, brand. Mm -hmm. And... Alan, you know, we've seen Kaylee Ray like dozens of times in ICW. Like, how good does it feel seeing her on yet another sort of big stage for NXT and NXT UK, knowing that, you know, she previously competed at War Games just last year? Yeah, as a proud Scotsman, I think great pride in seeing, you know, Kaylee flying the flag 
doing things that, let's be honest, we all wish we kind of could do. And as you briefly mentioned there, in Wargames, she was the absolute standout competitor in that mm-hmm. match. She looked like she owned that match, not Rhea Ripley, you know, not uh, anyone else in that match. She absolutely stole the show. And uh, I seen something online tonight. I don't know if it's true, but apparently she is a really good outside bet to appear in the Rumble. Oh yeah, she's had a, she's going to be there, hundred percent. You know what? Would really absolutely scream my head off if she appears in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. I I think that would be a, a must see definitely. And uh, Scott, just to talk about Mia Yim for a moment, she's kind of just been kind of there with the NXT full sale, but. You, ha- you can't really take away from the fact that NXT's women's division is probably some of the best it's ever been. Mia Yim sort of kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit. Is that Would that be fair to say? Yeah, kind of, because I, I felt bad for her, especially when she finally got her big takeover match with Shayna. I kind of defended Mia and said that we could get this whole like upset win to then transition it to another heel. And then the match kind of just under-delivered. And then, and then she's she had the good, a good showing on, like, when she went to that kind of no contest with like Dakota Kai on NXT some time back, I thought it was a decent showing for her. And it's just a shame that, yeah, some people have kind of overtaken her. Like Rhea Ripley came in and right from the off immediately skyrocketed to the top of the division. Mm. The thing about this match is I've seen a lot of people kicking off that this was a pre-show match, mainly because Kayleigh is the NXT UK Women's Champion, but the title's not being defended, so at least there's that. And to be fair, for someone like Kaylee, who's getting these big opportunities in NXT, the fact that World's Clyde is being promoted is such a big deal on Rumble Weekend, I think we should just be happy that she's on the card again when she's getting this opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you're right, yeah. Sorry, Stephen, you were going to say something? Uh, Yeah, pretty much it's, in terms of, like, star power, if you look at every other match on the card, I mean, the thing about it is there's always going to be a pre-show match, Mm -hmm. and if you look at the other five matches that are booked... This is the only logical choice for a pre-show. And let's, if the pre-show is not the worst position in the world to be in, depending on the time you're given on it. And I think with an NXT-style show, I think they could have a potential to give the night a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, just one last point before we go to predictions. Now, you, Gary, and Quacky were all at TakeOver Blackpool, and you saw the triple threat match between Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, and Viper, or Piper Niven. Like, how do you think that match compared to sort of the rest of the card? And was it a standout match, given how talented all three of these women are? It was an absolutely superb match. And it was just, as you've probably all heard, Kwaku, Gary and I all picked the ladder match, purely because of this, the actual passionate ending to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, the Tyler Bay uh, John Devil match was well, but it kind of hard to see when those two matches weren't on the card, but it just shows how high a quality their triple threat match was for those type of matches to just tweak it and beat it to be match tonight. It was an absolute stellar match. Mm-hmm. And it's a, there really wasn't a weak point in the whole match, but if you had to pick the weakest competitor, in my own opinion, it wasn't a Scots swimming let's put it that way. Tony Storm was the weak link for me in that match. And I'm not saying she's a weak wrestler. Far from it. She's world class. But Kaylee Ray and Viper just looked that wee bit sharper and wee bit up for it more than she did. I felt you noticed that. And honestly, you know, probably in any other night, any other show, that would have been the match of the night. Hands down, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll get to Tony Storm at some point later on in this, in this show, but... I'm gonna now going to ask you for your predictions. So who's going to win between Kaylee Ray and Mia Yim on this pre-show match? Scott, I'll start with you. This one, out of all of them, seems kind of the most straightforward in terms of predicting a winner. I think Kaylee Ray's got to shoot. Really, because even though the title's not in the line, she is a champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie? Yeah, I've got to agree with Scott. Kaylee Ray, this is probably the only nailed-down certainty for NXT UK in the night, so I've got to go with Kaylee Ray. And Alan? As a guy with Jade Killery, um, they've got to keep building her up as the NXT UK Women's Champion. You don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if she appeared at the end of the NXT Championship match, mm-hmm. just to kind of a face off. So I feel that if that was that, she has to win. 
Yeah, no, I agree with uh, with all of you. Um, I think Kaylee Ray is going to get this one, not just because you know she's NXT UK Women's Champion. She's still got to uh, come out looking strong, but I think because NXT UK needs a dominant win on this show, and I think this is one of the the best opportunities to do it. So yeah, I I think we're we're all in agreement that we think Kaylee Ray is going to win, not just because we're we're biased against the <laughs> Scottish competitor, but uh, hey ho, what can you do? Now. <clears throat> Up next, we touched upon this briefly uh, during Wednesday Night Wars this week. So we have a, a four-way fatal for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. We have the, the champion, Angel Garza, defending against, from also from NXT, Isaiah Swerve Scott. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched NXT <laughs> UK yet, uh, now's your chance to turn off now. Uh, from NXT UK, the other two competitors are Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin. Uh, Scott, I'm going to start with you on this one. You've been very outspoken about Isaiah Swerve Scott, and he's quickly become one of your favourites. Uh, how how do you think he's going to fare in this championship match? It was, it was really good to see him get involved in this match because like, him and Tyler Bees, the crowd were switching between the two of them and their uh, triple threat match to qualify for this for Leo Rush. Sadly, we didn't get much of a response, but I really like him, and as much as I, I like Swerve, uh, one thing about this is the fact that Ejogar is so early into his reign that takes some of the uh, unexpectedness out of this match because he kind of took the title off the rush very quickly in his reign to put it on guard. I don't think they're going to just keep flip flopping the Cruiserweight title around, but I'm hopeful uh, Swerve gets a future shot down the line against Garza because we saw them. On the kickoff for war games, they can put on a hell of a match together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, let's talk about Jordan Devlin. Like he's been one of the standout competitors in NXT UK. Like we've seen him in NXT UK, we've seen him in ICW. He put on a fantastic match with Tyler Bate at Takeover Blackpool. Do you think this uh, this cruiserweight championship opportunity is his chance to really sort of break through that metaphorical glass ceiling? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Tyler Bate match, neither man deserved to lose that match. It was, it was a travesty he did lose. It, somebody had to lose, and it it was an incredible match. And I feel he's always been overlooked. And I know a lot of people say, say it to him, especially when the heel character is just a, you know, a, a shite and ball. And one of the other resemblances. But this guy can cut it. He can cut it the absolute best at the top. And he deserves these sort of opportunities. Sadly, I'll give my prediction. I don't think he's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is the guy in this match. Mm-hmm. And Stevie, we'll, um, I'll ask you about Travis Banks. Now, we've seen him on NXT Full Sail a couple of times. He's had a few sort of teaser matches with Pete Dunne and Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons. Do you think having him on Full Sail has really sort of, sort of piqued interest for this World Collide show? If you ask any fan of the British wrestling scene in the last five years, they will say that the most criminally underbooked wrestler on the NXT roster, NXT UK roster, probably in all of any, all of all WWE, is Travis Banks. The man is absolutely phenomenal, and I think it is fantastic that he has actually he's been given this opportunity in such a big stage. I mean, we're briefly talking, David, about what the guys talked about in terms of Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jordan Devlin. An interesting dynamic about this match as well is in 2019. Both these two had probably one of the standout rivalries in the whole of the British and Irish scene in mm-hmm. OTT. When uh, uh, Scott, you may know a bit more of this, when Swerve Scott was uh, Shane Strickland, they actually had uh, a match that was voted one of the matches of the year mm-hmm. in OTT last year. So there is a lot of history between the two. It's probably a bit understated, and I think that's something that could add an extra element to it. It's a match I'm really intrigued to, to see happening, given the guys involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now... I'm going to open the panel out to talk about the last, but certainly not least, we've got to talk about the champion, Angel Garza, a man who has come leaps and bounds since he moved to the NXT brand and his his rivalry with Leo Rush. Now, Scott, we've, uh, I think we've discussed on the Wednesday Night Wars before, like, Angel Garza has become one of the most over guys in the sort of 205 NXT cruiserweight division. Like, do you think him finally winning the championship at this stage, is this only going to 
like let his stock continue to rise. I think it was a sign in the confidence that NXT had on him early on to put the title on him seemingly so early. And because I think, as we pointed out, the crowd seemingly by the time they got to the match where he won the title, the crowd was more so on his side than Rush, despite what Garza had done by trying to get into Rush's head. Mm. And I think, as we said at the time, it's really that natural kind of charisma from Garza. The crowd know when it's genuine, and that's when they get behind somebody. Mm-hmm. And the thing I said about like this being early in his reign that I don't think the sale is really going to change hands. Something I would like to see more of is like what we're seeing in this match. I'd like to see the Cruiserweight title go be on NXT a bit more. Mm-hmm. NXT UK that is a bit more because there are quite a few guys are in the 205 limit on that brand if you really chance for it. You've got like of uh, A-Kid who recently debuted a few mm-hmm. months back who's looking very well. Yeah, and now... Alan, I want to ask you about Angel Garza. Now he has that that charisma that he's, he's like people have compared him to like Eddie Guerrero almost the way he just carries himself with his swagger and his 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 persona. Has he has he won you over, you know, despite being a, a heelish character? He has. I mean, that, what really impressed me was his match with Pete Dunne um, a couple months ago in NXT. Yep. Really. He showed he can do a bit of the Lucha, the Lucha Libre, he can do a bit of technical, he's got a bit of power up him, he's kind of got the whole lot, and he's just, as you say, he has like an Eddie Guerrero, he kind of reminds me of like, put Eddie Guerrero and Pac together. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what he is to me. He's got a big build, but yeah, he can do all the technical and high-flying stuff, and he's quite an intriguing character. Mm-hmm. And Stevie, just last point. You know, he's got to be featured on 205 Live as well, obviously being the Cruiserweight champion, but do you think he would actually get more exposure being on NXT than, say, 205 Live, which doesn't have as many sort of regular viewers as NXT does? Oh, definitely. I mean, you forget 205 Live's even a show these days, you know, and they say, the way Garza's performed on NXT so far, uh, I think this, this guy is definitely the limit for the Mexican bastard. <laughs> is that what we're going to call him from now on seeing as Alan just made the pack comparison that is the most intriguing comparison I've ever seen in my life Alan it's like, a, it's like when you're playing about on the WWE games and you mesh like the head and the body together or something <laughs> or you just put, you put two random guys in a stable and you come up with a creative name for them yeah oh See? on that note I'm still on that note I'm still wanting to have Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong together as Team Fishing Rod oh, <laughs> Dumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, um, moving on, let's get our predictions for this match. So, Alan, I'll start with you on this one. Who do you think is going to win this match? Angel Garza. Angel Garza. I think, but I do think, as I said earlier, I do think Devlin is going to steal the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stevie? Uh, the logical choice would be Garza, but I personally think this is a great opportunity for WWE to strap the rocket on arguably one of the best all-rounders and wrestling in the world, uh, I'm going for Jordan Devlin. Ooh, bold. And Scott? Yeah, it's too early in Garza's reign, and I don't know if WWE would be confident enough in putting it on NXT UK competitor right now, so I'm going to stick with it, uh, Angel Garza. Mm. See, this one had me really intrigued, because my head's saying Angel Garza, because this is only his first defense since winning it from Leo Rush, but in my heart, I would love to see the NXT UK division be featured as a part of the cruiserweight division. So I wouldn't mind if either Banks or Devlin won it. But if I was a betting man, I'd go with Garza. Plus, it would be, well, for lack of a better word, a bit of a swerve to (laughs) uh, get the cruiserweight title on the NXT UK brand. And it gives them another win for the night. So, I mean, I think it's all to play for with this match, but I'll go with the the majority here, and I'll go with Angel Garza. So, moving on to our next match, and I'm pretty sure Sarah has been dreaming about this match ever since it was announced. We have Finn Balor going up against Ilya Dragunov. So, I'll open the floor up to you guys. Stevie, what was your initial response when you heard these two were going to go one-on-one? It's going to be brutal. It's going to be high impact. It is probably, it's a match that if somebody told me a year ago that these two were going to face off on a NXT-branded show, I would have told you you were absolutely stupid. I think it's a, you've got a man in Dragunov who has the potential to be one of the top stars in the whole industry against a guy like Balor who's 
carved a reputation out. I think it is going to be arguably probably a very, very physical match. And probably similar to what we kind of saw when uh, Dragunov took on Cesaro in Cardiff. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, Alan, um, we've seen Finn Balor make the jump back to NXT at the end of last year. Do you think this was probably the best move for him? Absolutely. It was wasted. I mean, at first I was very uh, critical of it because I felt he deserved his chance uh, going after some of the major titles and the main shows, if you want to call it. But now we know nobody refers to Raw Smackdown as the main shows. NXT is now the main show, uh, especially after Survivor Series. And mm. he's been sensational. And, you know, just to kind of echo, this is a dream match. This is like a WrestleMania match. You've got the, the unstoppable object against the unmovable force. No, I, I said it wrong, didn't I? The unstoppable <laughs> force, immovable object. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, you know, these two guys are built the same. They work the same. They move the same. The same stature. This is a dream match. These two are just going to cancel each other. And just, it's, it seems it's going to be physical. They're going to beat lumps to each other. And it's just going to be out of this world. I cannot wait. This will be the match of the night. You think so? I I put money on right now. This is match of the night. It's not get Adam Cole. It's not get Adam Cole. That's why David disagree with you. No, I don't. But considering out of out of obviously, I'm the only one who's ever seen Adam Cole in the flesh, baby. Um, you dick. <laughs> I just. We'll go on to that, that topic later on, obviously, Imperium versus Undisputed, but I just think because there's less pressure on these two guys compared to Imperium Undisputed Era, I think they'll have more opportunities to be free with what they're going to do. And I just think if we get anything close to Tyler by Jordan Devlin, this is going to go down to an absolute classic and possibly match of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Scott... These guys have been hyped respectively since, you know, since obviously the start of the year because NXT UK, Dragunov has had a, a series of matches with Alexander Wolf, and myself and Gary have been talking about it on 4-Way Fatal for some time and these two put on quite a story and I think it's elevated Dragunov in a lot of people's eyes. So for him to go up against Finn Balor, given that he's already faced someone like Cesaro, do you think this is just another a step up in the sort of breakout of Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, definitely. Like, I agree with what you said, like I was saying earlier, but like the idea of this match being announced. Because I remember before it got announced, like, I think the day before, I was trying to think, who would I like, who could I see Finn Balor fighting from NXT UK? And in my head, I actually thought they'd maybe do something like a Balor versus like Joe Coffey, something like that, like the Iron King versus the Prince. Mm. Yeah. But I thought I was disappointed with this because I thought, a potential dream match that I didn't realise I wanted so I could see Dragunov even though he didn't win that match or that was a real showcase match for him because he had him basically coming out and basically confronting Cesar like you want to fight come on I'll fight you so mm-hmm. I think Dragunov he's beginning to get his alliance with Gallus but I think sooner or later he has been positioned to potentially be the one to take the UK title from Walter so I think he has, he has a Big chance here against Bell. Uh, Dave, Dave actually, yes. there's one. There's one point Scott made. I think you were going to say it is if on the recent NXT UK this week. There is the added potential factor of uh, Joe Coffey in there. Yes, yeah. I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had uh, we've seen Joe Coffey compete for the NXT UK Championship uh, at Blackpool. Uh, are you happy that Ilya Dragunov is the one to face Finn Balor, or would you rather have seen somebody like Joe Coffey in there? See. Yeah, the thing, the, the thing about it is, I think the match is fine, but the thing I was more referring to is that in the recent NXT UK this week, uh, Joe Coffey came out and said pretty much the Dragunov was the reason that he lost at Blackpool. Right. So he said after he's done with Balor, he's going to take, he's gonna uh, have to deal with Coffey. So there is a potential chance maybe Gallus are there and get involved more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could happen, you never know. Depends on how, the, how they've lined up the tapings in the next few weeks. Yeah. I, I, I would personally hope they would just leave that for NXT UK and just let the two of them fight. But in terms of actually dragging off over coffee, I mean, no disrespect to Joe, but dragging off a much better uh, match for Balor than Joe would have been. Yeah, I agree. Now, Alan, given what Stevie said just about Gallus there, like Gallus has sort of taken on somewhat of a face role in this sort of faction war against Imperium. But do you think if 
Stevie's suggesting that maybe Joe Coffey's going to end up in a feud with Dragunov after this. Do you think Gallus are going to return to a more sort of heelish type role? Definitely. The only way I can only see it not happening is if they try to go really old school and it just doesn't work anymore. The Ru- mother of Russia and all this, the Russia's bad and all that nonsense. I don't <laughs> think it would buy it now. But I think yeah, the natural choice is to go Gallus to go heel. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think... I th- I really hope what Steven said doesn't come true. I really hope Joe doesn't appear. Don't okay, ruin yeah. it. Just, Joe, stay home. Stay <laughs> home. Just wait till Thursday. Deal with him then. Just let us have this moment. We want a clean victory here. Aye. All right, so predictions time. Who is going to win between this hard-hitting clash between Finn Balor and Ilya Dragunov? Alan, I'll start with you. Oh. <laughs> I think a loss doesn't hurt Dragunov, but a loss would really hurt Balor because he's the he's the golden boy of the whole NXT generation. He's the prince, so, after all. Yes, and I think it's going to have to be Balor because I think losing to Balor does not make Dragunov look weak. But I think if Balor lost to Dragunov, it would make Balor look weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, yeah, I have to disagree with Alan. I think if Given how Walter was booked when, upon coming into NXT UK and then he, when he took the title and how he's been booked since, I think for someone to believably challenge him, they need to look unstoppable. And I think a win over someone the calibre of Balor really propels Dragunov into that main event contender scene. So I think Dragunov needs the win, and I don't even think I don't think Balor would be harmed as much as Alan says. Okay, Stevie. Uh, I'll have to agree actually with Alan. I think I think it's a tough one either way, but I think uh, Balor will probably be affected more with a loss than Dragunov would be. Dragunov could probably get away with something looking strong. I mean, I, I personally think uh, Balor will win this, and he'll probably be the strongest contender from the NXT brand in the Rumble the next night. Yeah, uh, another great shout. I'm also going to go with the majority again, and I'm going to say Ben Balor will get the win, but in a really hard-hitting contest because also to be wary of in two weeks on two weeks on Sunday he is facing Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Portland so I think he needs to look strong going into that as well but I would like to see Balor in the men's rumble this year as well hopefully maybe put on an Ironman performance like he did in 2018 so it's 3-1 for Balor to win that one now up next we have a tag team match that was announced via Twitter, and just for the sake of, you know, one one more for old time's sake, and again, Sarah will be dreaming about this one. We have Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven from NXT UK, going up against the recently reunited DIY, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Now, Scott, I'm going to start with you on this one. How good is it seeing DIY back together? Uh, it's really good because you had that kind of almost random reunion earlier in last year when they came up to the main roster and then it was mainly done to that blow match that unfortunately didn't happen because of uh, Champa's like injury but the idea of them being back together as a face yeah, team they've even got like a new logo like with the Champa kind of flag thing but with Johnny's symbol instead of the black heart the rebel heart yeah yeah it's really good to see them back together. Um, think I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing, but the idea of them getting back together for one night only, I don't see kind of harm in it uh, because they're both over now as, as faces, so seeing mm-hmm. them back together. And I know Sarah will be looking forward to it. She's worried about having her heart broken again. And I know Gary will be especially tuning into this match getting another chance to gaze at Tyler Bate. <laughs> Stevie... Over the last sort of few years, we've seen Gargano and Ciampa break out as top single stars, given that, you know, they were on the on the verge of like not getting anywhere when making the move to NXT. So but do you think this uh their frequent team ups as DIY, whether they be faces or heels, do you think that actually is a good thing for them? Or do you think having them as two separate single stars is what's what's working for them now? I think the two of them at this current stage of their career, are, are fine as single characters, but given the night, and given, you know, will they ever have a chance to do this match again? 
Potentially not, given if uh, the way Tyler Bates got uh, booking in NXT UK has got anything to stand by. This is the only real chance I can see them doing this in the in the near future, putting these two together. It's a dream tag team match between two of the best teams of the last decade. And as much as Alan said they're their own Balor Dragunov match of the night, it's going to be DIY. Uh, Mustache Mountain is going to steal the show for me. Mm. Now, Alan, uh, Stevie actually makes a very good point because DIY are probably one of the most over-tagged teams in NXT history and they've consistently been putting on like match-of-the-year candidate-type matches for years now. Do you expect to see something just as extraordinary going up against another well-established tag team like Mustache Mountain? Well, absolutely. I mean, there isn't a weak match in this entire card. To to quote what we was saying about the takeover as usual. See, you put this event and put the two rumbles in one pay-per-view. It's a perfect pay-per-view. And although, you know, I, I still believe the Balor Dragon will be matched tonight, I still expect this to be absolutely superb. And I've seen a lot of criticism online about British Strong Style, and I really am looking forward to British Strong Style showing people up and just showing how good they are and they can compete with the absolute best. And, as you've just said, they are there. The DIY have put on match of the year matches for years now, and then this will be an absolute classic, no doubt. And I can't wait for Bright Strong Style to look strong. But at the same time, it's DIY, maybe. You know what I mean? They are something mm-hmm. else. They're that next level. They are, you know, I think when people talk about it, maybe when they do pack up, we'll talk about like we talk about like the Dudley, Edge, and Christian, you know. DX and stuff like that, that they'll be in that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, Scott, I think what's really good about all four of these guys in this tag match is that not just they're great tag teams together, but they also stand out competitors as single stars. Like Tyler Bate in particular, who had that five star plus classic match with Walter at TakeOver Cardiff. Um, do you think, like, having. Like have them as single stars joining together as tag teams. Having these guys as like standalone wrestlers coming together is that what is that the sign of a really, really well-rounded superstar? I think so. Being able to transition from one to the other. I know there are a lot of wrestlers there who say they prefer when they were part of a tag team when they prefer just wrestling on their own. But I think it shows kind of a versatility that you can compete in both. Because like I think with Gargano and Champa being such a great tag team. Even though they competed in tag teams like outside of WWE, when they came together in WWE, they were just two singles guys who knew each other. They don't they had really been a team and yet became one of the most popular acts almost overnight. Whereas Bay and Seven came into WWE as an already established tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie, we've noticed like Trent Seven in particular. I want to discuss him for a moment because I'm not sure he has, he stood out as much compared to the other three guys because. He was on the, the losing end at TakeOver Blackpool against Eddie Dennis, but he has had noticeable wins against the likes of, of Noam Dar. Do you think like someone like Trent Seven, do you think he's going to stand out just as well as amongst these other three guys who have proven to be very popular amongst the NXT audience? Uh, there's a word you could probably use for Trent Seven in the whole kind of British NXT UK thing. He's a gatekeeper type idea. He's the guy who... He doesn't need to do much, doesn't really need to win much, but he's got that kind of respect about him. And given the fact he's in British Strong Style with two guys as good as Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, it's easy to kind of feel lost in a way. But you've got to remember, I mean, who was the man who helped to train Tyler Bate? Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure on the facts in this one, but he did play a part in Pete Dunne's training. It was Trent Seven, so you, you've got to give him credit for what he does. He, he doesn't do anything special. But he, he, he can turn it on, and especially when he teams with Tyler. I mean, the two of them have got that whole... Uh, Trent's the kind of bigger guy with a bit more st- uh, strength to him, and Tyler's got the more athleticism to it. So even though he's in there with three of the best, I wouldn't give him any discredit. I think he firmly deserves to be there, given his, uh, his record over the last five or so years. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think with Trent, the thing with him, where he may not stand out amongst the rest of our strong style in terms of in-ring, I think... With Pete and Tyler, if you've seen their stuff on the indies, when they were together, it was always Trent seemingly doing the talking because he's a great like promo guy. 
so well compared to the others he might not stand out in terms of a like and he's in ring work you can always help hype a match because oh, yeah. he's so good on the mic look yeah. at what he did look at what he did for the when ICW went for the first Hydro show mm-hmm. he was the guy that hyped that match with Wolfgang yeah Wolfgang didn't really have to do much on that one it was mostly Trent driving it forward with the Seven Nation Army I've never seen Trent Seven perform I'd seen bits of him he was in the square go that year but I didn't really see much of him before that but that whole feud with Wolfgang got my attention to Trent Seven and as a result, I started seeing about Pete Dunne, I started seeing about Tyler Bates, so Trent Seven has played a massive part in what British wrestling has became, in my opinion. Yeah, very, all very good points. Uh, Alan, just one last point before we go into predictions. We've already seen Mustache Mountain go against Undisputed Era a couple of times, like once in the Royal Albert Hall, and then there was the feud over the NXT Tag Team Championships. Do you think this match with DIY is going to live up to the hype that the, as much as the faction warfare was between Undisputed Era and British Strong Style. Yeah, because, you know, all four of the guys in this match are, you know, absolute consummate professionals. They're all they're very high calibre and class. And I still, although there's maybe, you know, no storyline to it or no titles, it doesn't mean that you're going to get anything less than from them. In fact, they're probably going to get more from them because there's that creative freedom, but there's a case of, Okay, we're not fighting for anything in particular. There's no story to that. So let's just go and amaze people and just show off. And I think, we'll, again, as I, as I still say, I don't think it's going to be a match tonight, but I still think it's going to be an absolutely cracking match. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into predictions now. Stevie, I'm going to start with you. Who's winning this Dream Tag Team match? Uh, a lot of it probably, in my opinion, goes down to who wins the cruiserweight match personally because it kind of flip-flops uh, based on what you guys thought you would usually say Mustache Mountain but I've said Jordan Devlin so as that reason it's going to be DIY you mentioned that match uh, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano Johnny needs to look strong and you've got a guy in there like Trent Seven who will not look weak at any point taking a pin mm-hmm. Scott? I think we've seen Mustache Mountain take big losses but it's never hindered how much they're over they're always as popular as ever but we don't know where Gregor and Jamper are going to go after this, if we'll ever actually see them as DIY again, or for a long time. So for that reason, I'm going for DIY. Okay. Uh, Alan? I can agree with Stephen, there's going to be a flip and flop between results, but I, for my own draft pick, I need Jamper, but I do think DIY are going to get it. I think they'll nick it. Okay. Now... This was probably the most difficult one for me to to, dis- to discuss, but I'm actually going to go a little bit risky with this one. Be- like, And actually, because of the very same reason Scott said, like, we're not sure if DIY is ever going to be... could ever team as a tag team again, or we'll ever get to see it again. And for that reason, if, if this is going to be the last time we see DIY, the only way you can send them out is by having them go out on their backs. And I think Mustache Mountain needs a definitive win just to make NXT UK look like a dominant brand in their own right. So for that reason, I'm going against my better judgment, and I'm going to go with Mustache Mountain. Oh. I wouldn't rule it out. I would. Mm. Uh, I was. I was it out myself. Yeah, because uh, I'm thinking Angel Garza is going to retain, and NXT UK I think needs another win on the board, and I think this is the only other place I can put it. So, so uh, very Matt, risky. Sorry, Alex. The only touch match. A loss doesn't really hurt anyone, mm-hmm. to be fair. So, as uh, I agree, it probably is the most difficult match of the night to call. Mm. Yeah, but I think Mustache Mountain needs it more than DIY does, so that's kind of why I'm leaning towards them. So, let's move on now to the second championship match of the night, and it is the NXT Women's Champion, or is it just the NXT Champion now, Rhea Ripley, going up against Tony Storm. Now, these two have had matches in the past before. They were in the final to crown the inaugural NXT UK Women's Champion. And then they had another match at the very first TakeOver Blackpool. Uh, Alan, I'm going to start with you on this one. Rhea Ripley has just come leaps and bounds since making the jump to NXT Full Sail. And do you think she was the right person to be the one to dethrone Shayna Baszler? There was no one else. She was the chosen one. She's, you know, sort of this year's Becky Lynch. 
she's the one that's taken, you know, NXT, the women's division, and just grabbed it by the horn and just making it her own. And she's absolutely ran with it and she's just made it so entertaining. She doesn't put on a poor match. She's the whole package. She's got all the athleticism. She's got all the te- technical ability. She's got the persona. She's got the mics. She's got absolutely everything. She's just superb. She's the highest of quality. And, you know, she was absolutely the right person. There was no one else. Because Shayna destroyed pretty much the whole women's division. There wasn't anyone else yet, unless you were going to pull like Becky or Charlotte down to fight her. So she was absolutely the perfect and only choice. Mm-hmm. Now, Scott, we've seen on NXT UK lately that Tony Storm's gone through a bit of a bit of a crisis at the minute because we hadn't seen her for months since Takeover Cardiff, and it only wasn't until the end of last year when when she showed face um, on the build towards the second Takeover Blackpool. Do you think this new sort of persona for Tony Storm is leading maybe towards a heel turn down the line? I definitely think so because I think she showed a bit of an arrogance before she lost the title to Kaylee, but like when she, when she showed more heelish tendencies, I think Earl Connors ended up having her costing her the title to Kaylee, and then we seen what her interactions with Piper Niven. And honestly, I also think maybe it's time that Tony turned heel because we saw there was a big like skit segment on NXT this past week, and it ended with Tony holding up the title and Phil still just loudly booed her at the building mm. for holding up the title. I think it's a sign that maybe pulling a trigger on her as a heel is probably you should probably do it now. But I don't think this match is really as like the result. This is going to be a straightforward because actually there being some sort of weird screwy finish because you got the whole thing with Bianca Belair being a factor for takeover. Io Shirai, even though she lost in the battle, she had that match with Tori. I think she's still hanging around the title scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stevie, just to sort of follow up on what Scott said there. Can you see Bianca Belair and or Io Shirai playing a role in this match? Uh, potentially, yeah, given what's, uh, as what Scott said happened on NXT this past week. I mean, in terms of uh, Tony Storm coming into it, I mean, if you look back at the fact that 2018 she won uh, the Mae Young Classic, I don't think there's been any sort of kind of development from her, both character-wise and then ring. So this whole sudden push up into the NXT uh, main roster, as it looks like we're going to see that we're probably going to see less of our NXT UK. And obviously our run in NXT UK last year does not make me buy her as a credible contender. I mean, but at the same time, you've got to look at who else is there on the NXT UK roster. Kaylee Ray is the only person I could have seen going in there and having this match for real. So mm-hmm. I think it's got to be used the best way to probably use it is to probably advance Rhea's match at the next takeover be it against Bianca or be it also against Bianca and Io you never know yeah now Alan there was something that Stevie brought up there as well like would it have been good to see Kaylee Ray go against Rhea Ripley in a sort of champion versus champion scenario just for purely a spectacle point of view absolutely uh you know, I think right now Rhea's the best female wrestler in the world. Kaylee yeah, is certainly yeah. top five right now. And uh, some, I know she's, a, I know she's a professional wrestler. But I think me here sometimes. We think sometimes in the storylines and where she's came from compared to likes of Rhea and maybe the likes of Charlotte and Becky. She's still very, no, no pun intended, raw in that aspect. Um, so it would have been a great aspect, a great spectacle. However, neither one of them can afford the loss so in a way I'm glad that it's not going to be you know a Kaylee because they can't afford but neither can you know Rhea and it really would I think would do massive damage to either one of them if they lost that mm-hmm. now Scott, uh, uh, Scott I think outside of this rivalry I think Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm have both got other rivalries from their respective brands because Tony Storm is uh, apparently continuing her feud with Kaylee Ray on NXT UK, and then Rhea Ripley's got to look out for like Bianca Belair and possibly Io Shirai. Do you see? Do you think that sort of takes some of the focus away from the fact that these two might not have as an engaging feud as they did when NXT UK was sort of uh, bringing in its women's division? Not really, as 
like it's only considered kind of a stopgap if we like if you look at it that way. I think when you look at it as a great match, and then like after this, you can probably start the build to Ripley Belair. But I like the idea that don't they both got feuds to go back on because I think it's been speculated for all that Tony Storm's going to be coming up to full sail like NXT full time very soon because she was part of the team at Survivor Series. And I could see this whole thing with Kaylee Ray leading to like some of our last chance like title shot against Kaylee. And then Tony loses that, and that's used to kind of where you actually say, like, if I can't win, then I shouldn't stay here anymore. And she just leaves and then shows up on NXT, like, US, and says, well, if I can't get that title, I'm coming after this title again. Yeah, it makes sense. But I think I think this sort of focus is more on Tony Storm's character development going forward in the next few weeks. But I'm just going to get your predictions now and see what can we expect from these two. So... Alan, I'll start with you. Who's who's winning this match? Rhea. Okay, Scott? I think kind of neither. I say double DQ because Io and Bianca get involved, leading to a four-way uh, takeover Portland between Tony, Rhea, Io and Belair. Ooh, now that'd be interesting. Stevie? Uh, Tiga Knocks. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Scott does the most logical scenario, actually, there, that something will lead to some four-way on this one, so... but. I would say Rhea will win, but probably not cleanly. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with that. I think Rhea's getting the win, but it's going to be kind of a, a dubious win, probably with some outside interference at the same time, because I think Rhea does need a win to look strong as champion, but Tony, I think, needs another loss to assist with character development. But if we get Bianca and Io involved somehow... I think it, it will just further the storyline progression between all four of them. I think actually, on the note of uh, Io Shirai, I would say she's, I think I personally think she's one of the Rumble favourites. Mm. I think she's, if it was an NXT uh, female that was going to win it, it'd probably be Io, and then Io would finally win the title at WrestleMania. I mean, that'd be, that'd be best case scenario in my opinion, but realistically... Uh, realistically, realistically, she won't win it. But if it's MD yeah. Phoenix do who'll win it, it'll be hot. You know what? I'll keep that. I'll keep. I'm that not hot. counting Shayna in that, by the way. I'm count, I think Shayna's. I think Shayna's moving up. I'm moving to Raw. Sorry. Oh no, we can't see moving up anymore. We've got to say moving sideways. Well, she's moving to Raw. I think. Well, actually, I think it's more of a downgrade moving from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. Agreed. Yeah. Now we come to the main event. Now it is all out faction warfare for the main event and it has been brewing since TakeOver Blackpool where Alan, you, Gary and Kwaku all saw this saw this go down. We have Imperium with Alexander Wolfe, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel and the NXT UK champion Walter going up against the Undisputed Era. Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, baby. So, Alan, I'm going to... I'm going to ask you, when you saw Undisputed Era pop out the crowd and attack Imperium at TakeOver Blackpool, how mental did the did the arena go? Sorry, I'm just thinking about it again. All the hairs and armour standing up. Um, <laughs> you know what, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about shivers. It was just... I'd see that whole night, and I know I, know I said it on the show, it was spiritual. I fell in love with wrestling again because of that night, and no, the whole drive down and talking all day with Gary Quack, I kept going, I bet you, you eat turn up here and they're going to do this and that. And, you know, after Peter came out and, you know, we thought, right, this is it. And then the next thing you heard the scream, one person screamed and everyone ran. And that was that scene. And it was just so special. And this was a really ridiculous one, I'm about to say, but if you can understand my logic, yes, you see them on telly every week, but. You don't know sometimes if they're taller and they look smaller and they look bigger or thinner, but they look exactly the same. Does that kind of make sense? So, like in a way that when you see them live, they're actually portrayed in the same way as you see them on TV. Is that is that is that the right way of putting it? Kind of like, like for talking shit, like uh, like I've met a few celebrities you know, from a previous job I had, and some of them were all tall, like Sir Andy Murray. Sandy Murray is put down as six foot one, six foot two in the press. I'm six foot four, and I was looking up to Andy Murray. Andy Murray's about six foot six. So, is like, he nah, he is, he's a big boy. Jamie Murray's even taller. 
they are two, two massive guys. If Zandy Murray's no six six, he's at six five, right? But the point I'm getting, I guess you kind of get what I'm seeing. They just look exactly the same. It, it, you kind of think, oh, maybe he's going to look a bit bigger in person or a bit weird, but they looked exactly the same. And it was amazing. And you kind of forget they're 10 feet in front of you. Mm. You, you, you know, like you're not used to seeing them on the telly, you know, and they're 55 inch and, you know, they're 5,000 miles or whatever. But no, they're 10 feet in front of you. And it was just spiritual watching it and this, see the absolute adulation. From the fans, they couldn't. They couldn't do anything wrong that night. They really, really couldn't. And it was just one of those moments that's going to go with me, you know, for the rest of my days. You know, I've yeah. I've actually fist bumped Roman Reigns and realised Roman's actually the same size and same build as me, except he's not fat, but he's got a muscle, but he's the same sort of size as me. And then think, wow, fist bumped him, but I've seen Adam Cole in the flesh and that undisputed era, and. When you see them compete, by the way, they in the flesh, they're a whole different level. By they are just out of this world. They really are, and they're only in the ring for three minutes. Mm. Now, I think that pretty much sums them up to a T, Scott, because you've seen the impact that Undisputed Era have had, not just on we'll say NXT, but NXT UK now, as they've shown up in Blackpool. But what I'd like to ask you is, did you expect such a big reaction? for Walter and Imperium from the NXT Full Sale crowd? Yeah, because I think Walter especially is like quite well was quite well known to that crowd before he came because he was one of the biggest like international names. He was popping up and winning titles everywhere. So I think people could expect even before the answer that Imperium were probably gonna show up at some point to get revenge. Like you've seen the club going around with that chop from Walter on Cole. Uh, oh. and it, it sound it made. Oh, you see, the, the crowd were chatting holy shit at that as well. Yeah, like, that. Oh, I think I felt it too. Like, it's like, it's like my rib cage just or my chest just caved in at that. And I was like, probably because, probably because of my broken heart as well. <laughs> like, it's one of the things. Sorry, you know, just interjecting. Quacky turned around and asked me at the end of takeover, how much would you take to get you? To take a chop off a Walter. I said, there's not enough money in the world. Adam Cole just went and took the greatest chop in history. Yeah. The guy's a, the guy's a walk. He's, he's, a, he's been the victim of a lot of gifts lately, particularly Keith Lee as well, when he got pounced into the crowd. Yeah. 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 It's funny you mentioned Keith Lee, because it's quite interesting that they chose to have the the title change with him and Strong the week, the Wednesday before this happened. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder, because... After the whole thing at NXT, uh, sorry, he's with front and centre of the whole NXT invasion was undisputed era, and I'm starting to think maybe are we going to see the transition from them to the main roster very soon? And I think the story they tell before that happens is possibly the undisputed era reigned at the top for ages, but now we're seeing you know, the downward spiral of the undisputed era. Like slowly but surely, they're going to start losing. The titles that starts with Strong, he was the last one to get him, but he's the first to lose it. And for me, that's what puts some faith in maybe as this might not be clear in favour on this period, as some people might think. Mm. Now, Stevie, as Scott mentioned, you know, Roderick Strong lost the North American Championship to Keith Lee. Do you think that sort of levels the playing field out a bit, given that when this match was announced, all the Undisputed Era were holding championships and only Walter from Imperium? was holding the, the NXT UK Championship. So do you think that kind of balances balances out a bit more? I, I personally feel that it would have probably been just as balanced whether Roderick Strong won or not. I mean, Scott makes a decent point that it could lead to the Undisputed Era tension going about. I purely think it's more of a case of they had to pull the trigger on Keith Lee now or risk him losing his momentum. So I think that's less about Strong and more on Keith Lee. But... I don't think I think the fact that Coles holds the title, Fish and O'Reilly hold the tag titles, what was the UK champion? I don't think it would have meant a deadly squat in terms of this whole rival. This is literally like the factions of WWE and NXT going at it and there feels a bit more blood to it than most of the things we saw going into Survivor Series for the faction warfare. I mean we did see you saw Undisputed Ender show up on Imperium Tough. NXT on the big stage, you know, it wasn't just on the random Raw or a random SmackDown. We saw 
uh, Imperium get screwed out of the, the Dusty Classic under the Undisputed Era, so that's a big opportunity. We know what the Dusty, Cla- uh, Dusty Rose Classic has done for tag teams Undisputed Era, I know that better than anybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, the titles mean nothing in terms of this whole battle between the best. I mean, going back to that chop from Walter on Adam Cole, mm-hmm. you look at Adam Cole's better half, Britt Baker, is, was basking on the Jericho cruise using her holiday days. From, from, you know she's a dentist. Yeah, she was using some holiday days for that. Uh, well, Adam Cole's getting absolutely chopped into 2021. Oh, I showed my dad that. My dad hates wrestling, and he winced a wee bit. Oh, I mean, how can you not wince at that chop as well? Like that was—that's probably one of. I'll, I hate. I hate that Adam Cole was on the receiving end of it, but I would say that's probably one best. It couldn't have been anybody else other than Adam Cole. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly would have flew over the rope. <laughs> I mean, he probably would, as would have Roderick Strong, I presume. Yeah, it had to be Adam Cole. It's the only way you can kind of put over the significance of the match by having the two leaders going mm-hmm. toe-to-toe in the ring, you know. And up until that point, Adam Cole was holding his own. So it gives a psychological advantage to beat him. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, just one last point, and I'm going to open it up to all of you. Um, this match was announced before the brackets of the Dusty Cup were announced as well. So... Did it ever sort of give you the impression that, you know, even though these two teams were involved in the Dusty Cup as well, that maybe if the final was going to take place at Worlds Collide, which, as we now know, it's not, but did you ever think if the anticipation was there and that the final would take place at Worlds Collide, like, do you think that kind of hampered the Dusty Cup for you a bit? Uh, Alan, I'll, I'll ask you this first. No. It made it very obvious these two teams weren't going to go far in it. Um, which made me kind of excited I was kind of hoping Gallus were going to get one up on Undisputed Era um, and maybe start showing them off a bit but it hasn't taken anything away from this match once the match is announced you know we're not seeing these teams in the final and given the two teams that are in the final they deserve it they're phenomenal teams uh, Scott what's been your thoughts on the Dusty Cup knowing that you know this match this faction warfare match was announced ahead of time well, when you think of the Dusty Cup, you know you're guaranteed some great like tag team matches because if you look at all of WWE, NXT seems to be the one that puts more focus on tag team wrestling. But like sometimes you want a bit more, you want a bit of story going through. And I think as well as like you got unlikely duels like uh, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle going through, you also got the added story of Imperium and Undisputed Era trying to one up the other and trying to screw in the other out of their victories. So. I think once it was announced that they were on opposite sides of their bracket you could, and you knew this match was happening, for me I could kind of sense that maybe they were going to try and get involved in each other's matches and race, and that just helps further this feud on, especially mm-hmm. after the big beatdown angle at Blackpool. Yeah, Stevie, myself and Quacku actually discussed this on Wednesday Night War in that since we knew that Imperium and Undisputed were going to be in the Dusty Cup, we knew there had to be some point where at least one or both teams were going to screw each other out of a possible, uh, out of a possible bracket match. Did you see that coming from quite a, a bit away, or did you, or were you quite surprised about the involvement? Uh, I personally would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen the Dusty Classic uh, final being held at the pay per view. I thought that would have been a really logical place to actually hold the final, given how they build it up as a prestigious uh, tournament in NXT. I mean, you obviously when they announced this warfare was happening, and they were on different sides of the bracket when it came out. It was obvious that they were not going to make it to the final and. To follow the feud, they would have done something with it. I would have liked maybe it to happen on different nights. I would have maybe liked to say either the Imperium to have been screwed uh, first of all. On the first, on, I can't remember when the Imperium faced in the first round again. It was <laughs> uh, Forgotten Sons. Oh, well. <laughs> enough, you forgot who it was. Yeah, I, I was. I was thinking Shelley and Kushida for some reason, but that was last week. Uh, uh, no, that- that was GYV against uh, the Time Splitters. Yeah, uh, there's it's so many, t- so many tag matches. So I would have liked to have had, kind of had them spread out a wee bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I've, I've, it's kind of the final of the tournament has kind of felt second fiddle to the to the warfare, which is why I would have liked to have seen it uh, on this pay per view. But at the same time, there's a good chance it'll probably close out next week, and it'll be a, in my opinion a chance to show how good Crystal's Young Veterans are by giving them the win in that cup. Well, you think you think GYV's going to win the, the Dusty Cup? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Riddle and Dunn are going to turn on each other. 
You reckon? Uh, Pete Dunne is a slimy bugger. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me hear you. Don't let me hear you say that. You'll break your fingers off. That, that riddle's going to get battered off a lesson in the rumble. Oh, maybe both will happen. Anyway, um, we're, we're venturing off here. Let's uh, let's make our predictions for the faction warfare, and I will start with Scott. Who have you got? I'm going to go with Imperium because Undisputed Era have suffered major loss before in Lights of War and that stuff, but it hasn't affected them one bit. They've still got gold, even though I think in the coming months they're going to lose the gold. I think by WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, they'll all have lost their titles. After one, it Walter, as the right now, they, at the end of Blackpool takeover, they were all Imperium was left lane. If they don't win here and get some sort of revenge against Undisputed Era, they're just going to be made to look inferior yet again. So I think Imperium need to win this match. Interesting. All right, Stevie? Uh, uh, it's quite a hard one because I think both of them could probably use the, the win. As Scott said, uh, Undisputed Era crashing the takeover party, but at the same time, Roderick Strong lost his title, so they kind of need something for it. I think the big, the most important factor of this match probably is keeping Walter strong, and the fact it's an eight-man tag means that Imperium can lose, and Undisputed Era can still look strong, which is why I think Undisputed Era will win, and probably Cole will likely pin Wolf to get the victory. Okay. Alan? I'm going Imperium. Uh, I think this is where, kind of what Scott was saying earlier, this is where they're going to start to turn on Roddy. Roddy will be seen as the weak link. I know a lot of people have said online they think Roddy's going after the cruiserweight, which I don't see. I reckon this is the year on the speedy break. I don't think they're going to be the year come Christmas. What's that noise here? I know. <laughs> second time, you know, why is that noise? It's Dave Winston. <laughs> it's my heart breaking in half. Back in my zone. But no, um, I think I disagree with Scott on one thing. I don't think Undisputed Era are going to lose the titles around about Mania. I think they're going to hold on to the titles till around about SummerSlam. That's when they're going to drop. Um, but I think Undisputed Era are the ones that can afford to lose, and it adds to the story for them losing. Because uh, Roddy always just kind of looks at the guys, just happy to be part of the group. <laughs> um, so that, and I think. Imperium need to stay strong, especially considering I don't think they're done with Gallus yet. And there's not really a faction, other faction in NXT that's going to take on on the speed era. So I, that's why I'm going for Imperium to win it. And I've had to make an absolute standout prediction. Walter's going to pin Roddy. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, the only log- that's probably the only logic, the most logical way of doing the Imperium in the speed era, I think, especially with Roddy losing the title in win- on Wednesday. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to split the panel here. I Of course you're going for Undisputed Era. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting there on my sofa with my Shock the System t-shirt on, and I'm going to watch these two factions beat the living crap out of each other. I'm going to enjoy every second of it, and I will be cheering my boys the whole way. Despite... The discrepancies, you know, Roddy lost the title, blah blah blah, and Cole took a shot like a bitch. <laughs> that and uh, heavy machinery are not in this match. <sighs> oh, I love Otis. See if Otis wins the rumble, I will pop like him. Go on, go on. I've already raged at Santino. I can't have bloody Otis winning this. It's Dave, Dave, Santino's, anyway. Santino's rumored for the rumble. Did you see I'm, that? <sighs> I'm gonna go with Undisputed Era. That's my pick. And I think Stevie's right when I think Imperium can take a loss as long as it's not Walter that gets pinned. And I think Adam Cole has to be the one to do the pinning. Because I think it'd be too obvious to go into an Undisputed Era sort of breakdown story. I think they need to sort of have peaks and troughs before they really start to go downhill. And I think this needs to be this needs to be a win for them just to sort of quell any suspicions that we might have, like, say, as we're discussing now. So, yeah, two of us, Undisputed Era, and two of us, Imperium. I think that's, I think that's a good way to sum it up. But overall, are you, uh, are you all excited for the pay-per-view as a general? Oh, yeah. Buzzing. Could, could use more Keith Lee, but other than that, I'm excited. Yeah. 
Well, either way, it's going to be a fantastic weekend because this event takes place on Saturday and we've got the Royal Rumble the night after. So I think we all win as wrestling fans that we've got two great match cards on back-to-back -back days and it's going to be an outstanding weekend overall. What's so, the Santino final two? Ah! <laughs> oh, please don't. Right. Uh, on that note, we're going to wrap up the show there. So if you've enjoyed what you've listened to, this is uh, one of many shows we have on Suplex Retweet Extra. We've also got Four-Way Fatal, Wednesday Night Wars, to cover everything NXT, NXT UK, and also AEW related. We've also got our Raw and SmackDown review shows, Raw Report and Taking Smack. And we've got a plethora of other shows in between, including Albagoo Graps, where Kwaku and Sarah discuss the Scottish indie wrestling scene. And we also have Suplex and Binge, where recently, I believe, Stevie and Jack, you discussed the, the US office. Yes, we did. Yep. So if you want to check out that, be sure to find us on Sup at Suplex Retweet Extra on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and all good Android podcasting sites. Uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. Uh, join the community page on Facebook to get involved with the discussion. And don't forget to check out our main channel, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, for new weekly content coming out every Thursday. So all that remains for me to say is thank you to my panel, Scott. Thank you, and Cole's getting battered. Uh, thank you, Alan. You're welcome, and Mon Imperium. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Stevie. The mat is sacred. <laughs> all right. Use your all decks, shop the system. <laughs> I've been David Hockney. This has been the World's Collide 2020 preview. We'll see you next time. <laughs>